Hello, everyone. Welcome to Suit Up with Bias podcast. This is episode three. We have a special guest today. His name is Franklin Estrella, our licensed architect in New York. So let's welcome Franklin. <laughs> Franklin, we are extremely excited to have you here. I call Franklin for everything. He's my guy to go to. I really appreciate you coming here, taking your time to come over here to our platform and to inform our public. You know, so Franklin, tell us about you. Been an architect for over 30 years. Okay. Wow. Practice in the state of New York. I have done from residential, commercials, community facilities like churches and doctor's offices and all kinds of medical offices. Through the years, I developed uh, skills in restaurant design. Restaurants, okay. I've done a lot of churches, and I have also worked in rehabilitations of properties, large and small. Wow. So you've been doing it for 30 years. 30 years. Wow. So I know within those 30 years, you got tons of experience. Wow. 30 years is a lot of years. So Franklin, I actually got a question for you. Before I got into business, I always thought being an engineer and an architect was the same thing. Is it the same thing? Not at all. Not at all. It's a huge difference. It requires different skills. Okay. The architects, by definition, is a professional who specialize on design. And planning. Okay. The architect does the design and the planning and either supervises, if selected by the owner, supervises the construction, makes sure the construction matches the planning that has been done and approved by the building departments and all the authorities. The engineer's role is traditionally in charge of designing all the infrastructure of the design that has been done by the architect. Why? Because the engineer does the calculation for structure, does the calculation for electrical, does the calculation for mechanical systems. Mm -hmm. Those are the traditional roles, but engineers can do way more than that. So engineer could also do an architect as well, right? They can do the architect's role as well. May not be able to do it as, sufficient as, as efficiently as an architect, but they can do it. Legally, they can do it. Okay. So, but you as an architect, can you also do a role of engineer or no? No. Not at all. No. We're not licensed to do some of the things that they do. Gotcha. Okay. And you're only licensed in New York State, correct? Only in New York State. So when you say New York State, is the entire state of New York? The entire state. Okay. Because, you know, like contractors, for some reason, they license in New York City only or Westchester County or part of Westchester. So I thought the architect was the same way, that it was just licensed in Pacific areas like New York City only. But you're saying New York State entirely. But even the contractor, they can transfer their licensing by opening another license in a different state. But they have to do it in sequence. Gotcha. So, guys, I actually have a beautiful story I want to share with you guys that actually, that's when I met Franklin. Someone referred me to Franklin. It was the best thing that happened. 
So I actually bought a property about what two to three years ago. About three years. Two three years ago, it's in the Bronx, South Bronx. I bought a single family home, and when I walked into this property, I saw the document before I, I got in, in contact with you, and I noticed that I could convert. It was a single family, and I noticed that I could convert it to a two family, and that's when I came and spoke to Franklin about doing a conversion. And tell us about that, Franklin, a little bit about it. Well, I don't expect a realtor to know what I know. Of course. So what I did, I surveyed the building of the building department. I went and researched mm-hmm. and find out that the some of the houses in that block were actually two family, originally designed. And that they also had extensions that were legally done. On the naked eye, I would have said somebody did something to the building and it's really a one family. Yeah. But when I looked at the records and find more records, it took us a long time to get all the records in order to prove that this was a two family house. It was intended to be a two family house. Therefore, we took upon ourselves to design it as a two-family mm-hmm. and <clears throat> do the construction and complete it. And we got a letter, letter no objection from the building department, testifying that this was a two-family house. Yeah. So I want to go back a little bit. I saw that uh, we all thought when we first all walked in, especially me, uh, we saw that there was an extension to the property. And I, I just heard you mention it a little bit. So... On an extension, guys, I thought, you know, usually in the city, a lot of people do extensions illegally, right? So I thought it was an illegal extension. Thank God that you did your research the correct way um, as the professional that you are, right? So you instantly did your homework on that extension. Tell us about that extension that we all thought it was illegal. I'm not sure if you did, but I could talk on my team. We all thought it was an illegal illegal extension. When we did the survey or the research at the building department, we realized that some building in the block, even though they're all the same, had the extension and others didn't have the extension. So that was scary because mm-hmm. how are we going to now cut the building in order to comply with a 30-foot rear yard requirement? So before filing the job, I made sure that I found the right drawings with the stamp from the building department indicating that that particular address had the extension in it. Because some of the extensions, they call them open breezeways or open terraces or open balconies, and they were not supposed to be enclosed. Ours was enclosed and it had windows all around it. So finally, we did find a drawing that addressed that issue. And we were able to prove to the building department that the extension, even though it didn't comply with the zoning for the rear yard requirement, Mm -hmm. that it was existing. And the survey helped us also to show that it was existing. So combining the two, we were able to prove that this was an existing condition that could be continued the way it was. By today's standard, we could have never gotten that approved. No, right? You made that clear to us about the extension. So in New York City, I know you went to stay a lot. In New York City, I have witnessed when I go list properties with the team. There's a lot of legal extensions. With these illegal extensions, right, 
to the public, right? What do you recommend these people that are converting illegal extensions or what they should do before doing an extension? Because uh, it seems like in the city, there's a lot of decks, um, illegal extensions, right? I think people don't understand that it has to be part of the CO, correct? That's correct. So what do you recommend those that are doing illegal extension, illegal decks, and they decide to sell their home, right? But it's going to become an issue in the future. My experience shows me dealing with realtors. Okay. They go to the closing table. <laughs> no one knows about simple things such as violations. Mm -hmm. I have gotten phone calls the same day of the closing. We can't close because we find out that we have violations and we have issue with the survey. We have issue of extension. <laughs> and I'm going like, what happened? The professionals involved are supposed to check this and let the buyer know that there is a problem before you even go to closing so that it could be addressed on time so that you can close fast so, or, as, mm. or assume some kind of a responsibility from professional to address the issue after the closing. Yeah. That requires some commitment both professionally and financially in order to address it at a later date. Yeah. If you want to close. So I'm happy that he mentioned that because once I met you, you were the one that taught me how to check violations, how to review even CEOs. He had taught me how to read CEOs. So when we go list properties, right, most realtors don't get that experience of when they list the property, they don't do their full research. And then when title comes and then everyone start coming, questioning, survey comes in, you know, and start questioning what is this extension, start questioning all these things. I usually know ahead of time because I go to DOB, HPD, and I go from the ECB and I start doing my full research, like a title search, in other words, before we even list the property. So it's true what you're saying. A lot of realtors wait till the last day. They just go and list the property and don't do their full research on these properties, right? That's but, correct. But me, myself, I go in and I go and contact a person like Franklin, a licensed architect. If I have a question or anything, he's my guy to go to and ask him all the questions. And he always got me. Very, very great. And always turns out really good. Sometimes it's not good news. <laughs> I wish they were all good news. <laughs> yeah. He definitely always tells me the good and bad news, but I wish it, you know, it was always good news. But one thing about Franklin that I appreciate, he's very transparent. So he always give it to me. In other words, like, Alex, this is what's going on with this property. You know, these are the issues he's going to come up with. Right. So, like, I witnessed a lot of people doing illegal extensions. A lot. I did a... I participated with a realtor okay. on a case where the owners were ready to close on the property. And there were, if I don't recall well, 17 or 18 violations against the property. Wow. The total amount of the violation, just the ECV violation, a civil penalty, exceeded the $150,000. Wow. And they had no clue that this was there. It happens a lot to a lot of people in the city. And uh, it had stop work orders. It had vacate order. Oh, so actually the people were had some supposed, strong ones. The owner was not supposed to be living in the building. And when we tried to remove the violation, the inspector issued another violation for failure to comply 
with the vacate order. And Are, that costs us $3,000 separate, <sighs> separate. So when they get a vacate order and they don't comply, they get fined? Yes. Do they get arrested? Yes. Well, they depending. If it's a commercial property with public assembly, you yeah. can get an arrest. Wow. Yeah. So vacate order, guys, is very serious. Very serious. The city seems to ignore it. Okay. For a long time. But when it comes to removing the violation and they found people living in the space that is supposed to have a vacate order, they have the right to issue another violation, which costs you more than the initial violation because you failed to do what the law says. Gotcha. You're supposed to correct the violation, call for an inspection, nobody living there. And then after that, you can move in after they remove the vacate order. So I got a question for you. So if you want to legalize a deck or legalize an extension or driveway, what is the the public, the homeowners are supposed to do before they go and start building on their property or doing any type of work on their property? What do you recommend? The first thing is to go to a professional. Okay. And the reason is because each Zoning, each municipality has different rules. When you mean professional, you mean like a licensed architect? Yes. Okay, perfect. Why? Because if you don't go to them for advice, you don't know what you can build and how much you can build. Mm. You can't go by what the next door neighbor has. It's all about measurements. Because a lot of people assume that because the neighbor has it. <laughs> Please let them know. They did it legally. So I've seen a lot of extension, illegal extension. I look up the information on that property, and the first thing I notice is there's nothing on file indicating that that extension was legal that it was done properly. As a matter of fact, there is no record, period, on that property. And so now the neighbor is thinking that because they did it or because they have it, you can have it. Mm. But you don't know the size of the other lot to determine whether that's legal or not. So you have to go by your lot, your location. That determines whether you can build it or not. And it's most costly to have to demolish the building or the extension than for you to go to a professional and have them review it. And even after they review it, you better make sure that you have an approval from the city that you're in because if you don't have that approved and you build it according to that plan, mm -hmm. you're still subject to having a violation so, because you exceeded or you did more than what you were supposed to do. So basically, we first say I was a homeowner. First thing I need to do is first contact a licensed architect. You're going to basically go based on basically the code, the rezonings, and the measurements, right? You will need a, serve, right. a survey. In other words, give you all the measurement of the outside if they want to do an extension. Right, and then what would be the next step after doing all that stuff? Well, once once it's determining what can be done, then, okay. then the architect has to design how to, if it's a deck, how to design the deck structurally so it supports properly. Okay. And it meets all the requirements of the code. 
Okay, perfect. So, okay. So then you would draw it, in other words, for them. Well, it's a detailed architectural drawing to build it. To build it. And you submit it to DOB from there. For approval. Gotcha. Okay. And I'm actually curious about things. Uh, I love to hear stories. And I think everyone does. Is there a story that sticks out to you the most? Like, what was probably the craziest story in your 30 years of being an architect? Is there a story specifically that you could share with us and let us know, like, that sticked out to you in sense, like, you know, a story that you think it will, it will stick out to everyone else being in 30 years in the industry? We don't have enough time to, to do <laughs> the number of stories. But the one I think that will affect your viewers. Yeah has to do with a buyer. I have seen closing that are illegal closing. When I mean illegal closing is at one time I was at a place closing on two properties at one o'clock in the morning. Ten years later, I find out that that's illegal. So wait, you was in the closing to to what time you said? One o'clock in the morning. Wow. And the attorneys, title company was there. Everyone was there. Why was this lo- closing so extended so long? I'm so curious. I had no clue. I had no idea. There were so many closing. They were doing so many. What year was this? So the public uh, would know because. That was in the 80s when the whole issue of the. Yeah. You know, when they were closing, it was a skim. It was really a pre-designed system to get people to buy properties mm. without them knowing what they were getting into. And once they were in it, I'm happy you mentioning this story because a lot of people that bought properties in the past, let's say in the 2000, early 2000s, um, the 19s, right? They have this misconcept of how is the sales today. Sales are not the same. I, I mean, I cannot talk for those years, but based on those stories, now a sale is not like that, right? We hired a title company, right? The title company, their job is to do the full research on your property, right? And they find anything on the property, any liens any liens, violations, they bring it to your attention, right? To the buyer. But before, I don't know how it was title company before, but now when you're doing a sale, you got to give a clean title. None of that is going to happen like, or a closing at one, two in the morning. Banks after five, they don't even want to even close anymore. So that story is, is very amazing that. Let me give you another story. Go ahead, please. This, this is real. Very real. They close on a house where the buyer was not present. A closing. Jesus Christ. $600,000 house. The way the owner find out, the new owner find out that she had actually closed on a property without closing, without being there, she received the bill from the, for the monthly payment. Oh, Jesus. On the mail. Obviously, she called the police and everybody involved lost their license. I mean, I'm happy that happened because the reality is that us as professionals, we got to guide and protect our public, right? And I'm happy that happened because we really, the reality is this, guys, us as the licensed professionals that we are, we can't be doing things like that. I mean, we we, we have to protect the public and guide the public accordingly. So, wow, what a, yeah, what a crazy story. A, what year was this, though? This is also in the 80s. Um, <laughs> 80s was crazy then. It was crazy. I wasn't born. I got a phone call from an attorney who was scared. She thought she was going to lose her license because she had represented the buyer and the seller all the time. 
Oh man, you know, I've never seen and, that in my and, life. Oh yeah, really? Yeah, on both sides, representing both, both sides. sides. So much conflict of interest there. Definitely. Wow. How many years she she was doing this for? A long time, but for some reason, I guess she got greedy. Wow, and that that's what happens a lot. That a lot of people get greedy, but at the end of it, when you're doing something wrong, it's gonna come to the light. I always say that. That's yeah. why yeah. me and my team we very transparent. We work on the books because everything's gonna come to the light, right? You might be thinking you're you're filling your pockets up, but are you enjoying it? Because <laughs> no. deep down, you feel guilt. No. No. If you're a good person and got conscious, you 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 feel good. So. It's very important to always be honest and transparent with every client. Yeah. And people I work with, people I refer, like yourself, I refer you a few people. They always come back to me and tell me, Franklin, wow, where you found this guy? Right? Because our thing is working with people just like you, Franklin. Transparent, honest. You have to surround yourself with the right yeah. professionals. Because the consequences after closing on a property that is going to take 30 years for you to pay it. It's a big commitment. It is. And any mistake, any error of information can really kill the project. So, Franklin, we have this public watching you, um, seeing you. I'm huge on asking, what advice would you give the youth or anyone that's trying to be in the career that you're in or us in the real estate industry? What advice would you give anyone like to uplift them? I would say the simplest thing to do is, do you have the desire within you? to do a specific thing. It doesn't matter whether it's architecture, engineers, and so on. I have young people in my office come in. I see their potentials in a different field. I try to guide them into that field where they fit better. Mm-hmm. Maybe their father or their mother want them to be architect, and they send them to me, and I take them over, and I train them, and, and I realize... You're not cut to do that. Just by the the way they behave, how they react towards yeah. what they're doing, I can tell that they don't belong there. So I advise them to have that passion within themselves to really want to do that because it takes a lot. It's a lot, especially when you're an entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. It's It takes a lot. People think being an entrepreneur is like, oh, easy. No, yeah. it's not easy at all, guys. But I enjoy it. I know you enjoy it. I enjoy You've it. been doing it for way more years than me, 30 years plus. I'm still doing it. And still doing it, still strong, and still guiding us, the young ones like myself. And so I'm happy that you're sharing that story, right, and sharing that advice to the public. Guys, have always in mind, it's always good to work with professionals, right, like a licensed architect, a licensed real estate broker. It's always good to always work with them, right? So, guys, I want to share with you guys a quote. I'm huge on quotes where everyone knows about. Mm-hmm. I want to share this quote. And all right. It's a motivational quote. It goes, design your dreams with determination and watch them rise like skyscrapers against the skyline of your aspirations. Yep. So I hope that quote uplift anyone out there and always work with a professional. That's my advice to everyone. Always work with a professional. All right, guys. Thank you for watching. Suit up with bias podcast, like, share, comment, and subscribe, guys. See you guys in the next episode. Take care, guys. Mm-hmm.